0: It is the middle of the week and it's time for another episode of the MBA Report Podcast. I am Jason Ford. As always, I am joined by Daniel Gavon to talk about everything going on in the world of mixed martial arts. It's a UFC pay-per-view fight week. So we're course gonna talk a lot about UFC 294 on Saturday afternoon here in the United States. Early pay per view start time here: two o'clock East Coast time, one o'clock there for Daniel there in the Rio Grand. Of course, a prelim start: ten a.m. Eastern time, nine a.m. Central time there for, for Daniel. I didn't actually didn't notice. Apparently, they're going to stream on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel uh, for the prelims. Of course, uh, pay per view a part of ESPN Plus. So we're going to talk about that. Also, got to talk a little bit about the update of USANA and UFC, as after we did the podcast last week. The UFC held a press conference, and you know it's some serious stuff when Hunter Campbell talks to the media publicly. That's something he made he does uh, he does privately a lot, but uh, that to me was one of the takeaways. So we'll talk about that. Also, gotta talk about the MMA fighting video where they were given access to the. Post Bellator 300 meeting with the California State Athletic Commission. Saw also a couple of takeaways from that. Uh, Showtime is officially we now know exiting the boxing and, and MMA business at the end of 2023. Israel Adensanya uh, goes on the Rocks podcast as he's going to take some time off. So a ton to talk about here. But you know, Daniel, you know one of the things where I kind of want to start here is you know there there's times where you you pop open that phone on, on a Sunday morning. You know, uh, you know, maybe your computer, your tablet, whatever it may be, however you take in content. And when I did that on Sunday, I had one major takeaway. And it was looking at all the combat sports websites and how prominent the coverage of Logan Paul versus Dylan Dennis was versus the coverage of last week's UFC fight night card.
1: I can't blame them, though, because they have a business to run. They have advertisements to sell and money to take in. And on one side, we have a fight night card that honestly was pretty damn fun to watch. But unfortunately for the UFC fan, Edson Barbosa and Sadiq Youssef, who had a great five-round fight that people should go and check out, you know, that is not going to get as much clicks as Dylan Dennis leaking nude pictures of Logan Paul's girlfriend and them doing a brawl. I'm going to be honest with you. On this podcast, I uh, I muted Dylan Dennis on Twitter. I don't know what happened on my Twitter algorithm, but on my For You thing, I kept on getting Dylan Dennis content nonstop. Every single thing that Dylan Dennis tweeted, I got to my Twitter For You thing. And it was enough, and it was so stupid. So I literally muted him, or maybe I blocked him. I don't know what I did, but I wanted to no longer see uh, Dylan Danis on my on my timeline. Uh, but yeah, Jason. Unfortunately, Yusuf Barbosa. Not a lot of coverage on that fight night. You have any hot takes about uh, Vivian Arajo and Jennifer Maya?
0: I mean, you talked about some upsets coming in last week I mean that that to me is is a big part of you know thinking about the UFC fight card Barbosa underdog Viviana Rujo, a underdog uh, Jonathan Martinez was a slight favor what he's able to do with his leg kicks out there kudos to him taking advantage of, of what he was uh, Adrian Yanez was giving him uh, in terms of that one well, Michelle paya going out there quickly that's uh that was actually one of the fights I thought maybe the underdog coming in of course Petrosky after the fact comes out talks about uh basically how much of weight he had to cut during fight week and, and laying into that Christian Rodriguez who missed weight by four pounds on Friday goes out there. I guess you name decision win. Uh, Darren Elkins, man, going out there. And that was one of those underdogs I thought could potentially uh, come in there. Uh, Terrence McKinney, I mean, you know, that's what you're supposed to do when you get a guy coming in there on, on short notice there. But uh, man, and the, the cuts that Ashley Yoder took in on both of her eyes in that matchup, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things And you know, you mentioned obviously Dylan dance and we we've all kind of seen, I mean, should we not really be surprised (laughs) of kind of how that thing unfolded? But you know, there there was this thing after, I forget whether it may was before or after the fact where Dylan dance talked about, you know, basically saying next step UFC. And I think for the most part you would say that is some crazy ass talk, but to me, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, why it could happen. And it's Conor McGregor telling the UFC to make it happen. Because if Conor wants it, Dylan Dan's going to get in the UFC. I mean, look, you know, the UFC is putting on some fights. They need a lot of fighters. If you told me Dylan Dan's fights in the UFC in the next 12 months, would it be surprising? Yes. Would I be shocked? Absolutely not.
1: That's a great way to put it. Would I be shocked that the UFC bends over backwards for Conor McGregor? No. I wouldn't be surprised if they signed his child to a, And like a a fight deal where he's like uh, gets paid once a year to to show up and, and ring the bell. Like they would basically do anything to get Conor McGregor in the cage so they can sell some tickets and sell some pay per views. Dylan Dennis is a lot more marketable than a lot of the other guys that the UFC has signed, right? The difference between Conor McGregor and Habib is when Habib brings his friends aboard, they end up becoming world champions. With Connor, they end up losing three in a row and leaving and doing celebrity boxing. So Dylan Danis in the UFC is something that screams freak show fight. It screams CM Punk. It screams you know something that doesn't make sense, like putting a 65 year old man in octagon and he has to uh, can't return and fight in the third round after blowing himself up after destroying a guy like Pat Miletic. 55 years old, get it right. Oh, he he actually turned 65. Uh, he went from 55 to 65 in between rounds two and three. That being said, Pat Militidge did beat the hell out of Mike Jackson, which says a lot about Mike Jackson. But I digress. I return. So if Dylan Dennis I mean the big shock is if Dylan Danis just fights. I mean he, he's very inactive. Granted, a lot of it is due to injury. Um, but, yeah, the thing is about the UFC is if you're willing to get in the freak show business and you do sign Dylan Dennis, he has shown an ability to get people to give a crap about him and watch him and possibly, you know, pay money to see him lose. But Dylan Danis, I don't know who his opponent would be. Who would be the guy you would match up with that you could get it cleared by a commission? Yeah,
0: I would, I mean, if you wanted him to win, I think you just put him up against someone who's just a, a straight jiu-jitsu fighter.
1: That's a good call, actually. Just have him do some jiu-jitsu matchups. Uh, I don't know. Man, he has a submission grappling win over Joe Lozon. Good for him. But, uh, yeah, just put him up against grapplers. You can market it in him. And and the value he would bring to the UFC is he's a guy that people care about. It's just from a skill level standpoint, he's not very impressive. His stand-up didn't look great. Uh, Logan Paul almost took an L by not finishing him in six rounds. Um, But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Will we see Dylan in the UFC? My initial instinct is no, but then the more I think about it, it's like, well, maybe. But maybe we're more likely to see him for the WWE than the UFC, honestly.
0: No doubt about it. I, I want to mention this Pat Miletic quote. This was before this fight against Mike Jackson. It comes from a story over at MMAfighting.com where he says, quote, If you make a few tweaks... Eat a little bit better and just keep keep going back. Things will change. Luckily, I've got support. My significant other has been very, very helpful with not only just watching what I'm eating, but making suggestions on my training and things like that. You can do it. That's my message to the guys who are in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and even 60s, that if you decide just to put the right stuff in your body and put the work in, you can actually do more than you could realize. Okay, bro. The part where he says, "If you just decide to put the right stuff in your body and put the work in,"
1: what what writes to is it the type of stuff that Gordon Ryan is a big fan of?
0: I mean, I saw i I saw another podcast talking about this, and I saw that quote, and I'm like, "So what you're telling me is, good chance Iowa did not drug test."
1: Yeah, I don't think. I mean, why would you drug test for this fight? And again, like. This is a guy who was arrested for a DWI in September, so he wasn't necessarily clean uh, for the past few months. I mean, he, he clearly enjoyed several alcoholic beverages in his fight camp, so clearly wasn't the cleanest fight camp. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you uh, this right now.
0: I'm going to tell you this right now. If I was a fighter and I'm getting ready for a fight, I get, there's probably at least one day a week I partake in some
1: alcohol. I'm just
0: saying. Got to keep you sane, man.
1: At least would be. Yes, but you Yeah, but you wouldn't be a successful fighter, Jason. I, I don't think so. I think your 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 appetite for, for beer and chicken wings, as is mine, would prevent us from being world champions. I I don't I think we would be Dude, kicked oh, out of Habib's oh, camp. I think we would be had kicked s- out of Habib's camp.
0: I had some chicken wings this past weekend. Oh my God. It was like this special sauce they were telling us about. I was like, all right, we'll get we'll give it a shot. And it was a mix between uh buffalo uh, mild sauce and garlic parm sauce. Ooh. holy cow bro sounds delicious damn delicious
1: sounds <laughs> that's that yeah I've, i would say i that makes me hungry for chicken wings but true to character i just ate chicken wings before we recorded so i'm all good but mild parma garlic parmesan mm, add a little lemon pepper and i think we just gave the like the it, that's like the habib namaga made off of chicken wing flavors that's that's amazing I, I'm just in a very Habib mood because we're in Abu Dhabi. I just watched the – I didn't watch. I read the highlights of the UAE 45 highlights because I'm like, oh, let me just look at this fight card and see who's going to be the world champion in fire years. Who who main evented this and who's going to be – who's in Habib's camp is going to be the world champion? I'm like, all right, Amru Magomedov, first-round submission. <laughs> okay, is that who we're going to be talking about when we're talking about UFC 325? And, like, it's just – You know, I I look at these things and I look at this anatomy of a fighter documentary, and I'm like, these would be really interesting to watch, like five years from now, to see all the guys who we don't know are now superstar fighters, because that camp is full of absolute killers, bro. Oh my god, I'm excited. I'm in a big I'm in a big mood because we're we're about to see some great MMA this weekend.
0: Yeah, man. UFC 294. I mean, I mean, look you you think when you lose two fighters in your main event co main event that your car's are going go to complete shambles that did not happen uh one of the things that i did uh, did pull out uh i was doing some research this week and it's a number that kind of surprised me and you know and obviously we know how many of these ufc fight cards are in the ufc apex and so heading in so so far this year not counting ufc 294 they have had 36 events I was surprised the number of UFC Apex cards was only 15. I would have thought that number would have been much
1: higher. Yeah, I kind of agree with you because it feels like we would be getting two Apex events per month is is the rate at which it feels like.
0: Yeah, I was surprised just because it's one of those things where, but, you know, the UFC, they went a, a stretch earlier in the year where they were not in the Apex for, I think, like two and
1: a half months. Yeah. And so ever that that makes sense. I remember that when they went out and about, and now it kind of feels like they've gone back back to back Apex events. Maybe even a third one. But how, did they do back to back to back, or did they just do two straight? Because they had Dawson and Green. They had the Useda Barboza one, and didn't they have a heavyweight matchup beforehand? Yeah. Or-
0: but the last the last three events have all been at the UFC Apex. That was a uh, Fiziev and Gamrot. Uh, prior to that was UFC Noche, which, by the way, Dana White, boy, he, I've never seen Dana White get so excited about an event. He talks about UFC Noche like every week it comes up in in some He also talks about the,
1: the spear, which I guess is the same conversation. He wants to have it in the spear, but uh, he is infatuated with both these things.
0: Yeah, he is very – yeah, he is very – that's where he wants to do UFC Noche next year, and you know, he's kind of made some comments that uh, they have money that other promoters don't have. I, I've seen some – uh, some videos of people who've gone to concert at the uh, Spear. I mean, it looks like an amazing concert venue. Um, but, yeah, I was I was a little bit surprised by that number. I just thought it would have be been a little bit higher. By the way, uh, I did put out the first uh, episode of Get to Know. Uh, that came out uh, yesterday, and, of course, I was joined by Abdul Kamara an 8-1 Bantamweight out of the MMA lab there in Arizona. So you can check that out over whether it's right here on the MA Report YouTube channel or – on the podcast channel, same feed that's, that's on this podcast. I had a great conversation with him. Um, You know, it's kind of, it's one of those stories, Dean, where, you know, timing is everything in our life. And so he comes to the United States at eight and a half years old, five days before nine 11. He grew up in Freetown, Sierra Leone, Africa. He's looking to become the first UFC fighter to be born in Sierra Leone. And he notes in the conversation that if maybe he tries to fly a week later, Maybe he doesn't get into the United States, and who knows what his life turns into. Also told to a story about how uh, a little scuffle with his little brother ultimately led him down the mixed martial arts path. Uh, talked about why Ma is his therapy, uh, and he wants to be a role model for people who have a who have an issue with stuttering. He he has a stuttering issue, and, and he talked about that, so people can check out that conversation over there. Also, one other thing I do want to mention, my friends over at uh, ruebet.fun have a contest going on for For UFC 294, Uh, they're an official partner of the UFC. They've got a brand-new Pick'em game offering UFC fans an opportunity to win $1 million with Rue's 1 million Perfect Parlay, a free-to-play Pick'em contest for UFC 294. To win the $1 million Perfect Parlay prize, participants must correctly guess 10 questions about the outcomes of UFC 294. I was actually over on their website earlier on today, so be sure to check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes. So if you want to check out that free contest over at rubet.fun, it's R O O B E T.fun. I know that uh, Bram Moreno is doing some stuff with them. I want to say Charles Oliveira is doing some stuff over there. So you can check that out. But, uh, you know, Daniel, what I really, I think where I really want to start here is got to talk about. Last week at the beginning of the show, we talked about the USADA-UFC era coming to an end. And, you know, one of the things I said on the show last week was, I I know we live in a society where it's about, hey, let's have a hot take. Let's let's immediately get our take out there. And my mindset was like, "Eh, let's see how this thing develops. And... So there's a press conference by the UFC last week with Jeff Nowitzki and Hunter Campbell. And one of my, I had three major takeaways from this press conference. Takeaway number one is Hunter Campbell talking to the media publicly. This is something he does not do. He talked about at the beginning of this press conference. He's like, hey, guys, this is Dana's thing. This is not my thing. But he felt he needed to come out and address it. My second biggest takeaway is that Hunter Campbell says it does not matter whether Conor McGregor has 37 clean tests in a row he is going to go through testing for by for six months until he fights again I thought that was a very interesting nug day out there uh, and the third thing that he mentioned was how um, There could be some litigation against Usad, not just by the UFC, but also by Conor McGregor. I'm kind of interested to kind of see what he means by that one. And, of course, uh, it has now come out that Drug Free Sport International is going to be the UFC's new anti-doping policy partner. Uh, They do do work with the NCAA, NFL, NBA, MLB, NASCAR, among other leagues. And, you know, it's just... Uh, To me, like I, I still say, I think my biggest takeaway from all this is if Hunter Campbell is sitting there in front of the media for 90 minutes answering questions, you know shit has hit the fan.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was startling. I mean, first when I saw quotes from Hunter Campbell on Twitter, I had to double check that was accurate. I had to go and look at the video clips and be like, oh, crap, he was speaking. This was the UFC saying, no, 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 USADA. You were not going to dictate the narrative in the press, in the public, because that is very much what USADA did with that press release mm-hmm. talking yeah. about both Connor and the deal being up in the same PR statement. So this was UFC going on the offense and setting the narrative. And I do think between these two, the UFC won the PR battle, largely due to the fact that USADA doesn't have a lot of fans because – for these fighters, they aren't big fans of Usada. They aren't big fans of the various things they do. They aren't big fans of the of of the transparency in terms of letting people know before they're able to fight it what happened. Um, and yeah, I, I think the UFC certainly won this battle in, in, the, in the in the in the my in the personal opinion warfare. Um, the drug international pro is interesting. Um, I I feel like the difference between USADA and what we're going to see out of, well, what's the name again? Drug sport international drug free sport international. I think the difference is we're going to talk a lot less about drug free sport international than USADA is what I think is going to happen.
0: I I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, look, I, I think if, if I'm the UFC, my mentality to them beginning of the year is we want you drug testing the hell out of these fighters And whoever has that first positive test, I think that fighter is going to get made an example out of.
1: Yeah, and we had a lot of fighters that tested positive over, you know, news of them testing positive broke out, right? Like we had Meyer Bueno Silva was the big one that got that changed to a no contest, although I think that was done by the commission. I think,
0: yeah, I think all those that came out uh, yesterday, so you had Bueno Silva, you had um, uh, D-Rod, and also... Uh, Walt Harris. I want to say those are all three commissions. The Walt Harris one may not have been a commission. That may have been a USADA one initially, but I think the other two were, Nevada uh, I say, Athletic Commission drug test.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of funny how, you know, drug testing is a part of the conversation. And we just have three notable, um, you know, tests. And uh, I, I think we'll see. I, I think the biggest thing after that is. After the Hunter Campbell news is just the idea that maybe Connor won't fight for six months. I was under the impression and I bought the PR spin that Connor will fight within these six months. That's just because that's the root. That's what I saw happen with Brock Lesnar it is why I think that. The track record is there for changing the rules for the money drawing people because you want to sell money. You want to make money. So that's why I think it was going to happen with Connor. But Hunter Campbell is someone who is meticulous. For him to put that out on the press, I tend to believe that that will play out. So maybe we are looking at a UFC 300 situation is the next time we see Conor. Maybe they don't want to F around and find out by having him fight at UFC 296 and then try and turn around and get him back in the cage at UFC 300. Maybe the idea is we are just going to wait and we are just going to put him on at UFC 300.
0: Uh, by the way, I give a little update on Conor McGregor. I did see a video where I guess it looked like he was kind of getting drug tested today and an article coming out on TMZ. Conor McGregor will not face charges over NBA Finals game incident. The probe uh, is over as uh, it goes according to a closeout menu attained by TMZ. Prosecutors said there was insignificant evidence as well as contradicting and or no collaborating witnesses to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that McGregor sexually assaulted a woman during a bathroom meetup at the Nuggets versus Heat game in Miami On June the 9th, uh, this was a quote from the prosecutors that wrote in the memo, in light of the above facts and circumstances, the state would not be able to justify its burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. And uh, Brennan Lanz, who is a uh, representative for Conor McGregor, uh, had this statement to TMZ saying, after a thorough investigation, including a review of videos and interviews with the eyewitnesses, the authorities have concluded that there is no case to pursue against my client Conor McGregor. On behalf of my client, his family, and his fans, we are pleased that this is now over. So there gives you a little Conor McGregor update. And I mean, look, and 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 to go back to what Hunter Campbell said, when I hear him saying this, the initial thought that comes to my mind is that as long as there's no issues, he's healthy, ready to go. I got to think Conor McGregor is your headliner for UFC 300, which I want to say is slated for April.
1: Yeah, I think clearly. That's going to happen. The only thing that is in jeopardy of that, the only thing that could make that not happen is Connor getting hurt. And, and that's really the only thing at this point, just passing the drug test and not getting hurt. And that's your headliner. It's going to be kind of awkward because like, you'll probably have him on top, no doubt about it, but you're going to have championship fights underneath him. And so that'll be an interesting dichotomy. Like, what do you do? You have a non-title fight headline and then you have... John Jones defend the light heavyweight championship below him. That seems strange to me, but who knows? That, maybe, that's a, that's a good problem for your UFC to have.
0: Maybe that's your rare paper UFC pay per view where you have no title fights on it, and and maybe you just stack so you're you're forced to
1: go non-title
0: fights no, because of no, Maybe you just stack that pay per view with just fun fights that necessarily titles
1: are not on the line. It's not a bad idea at all. Or or
0: idea. I don't know. Maybe maybe you put like a BMF the, title. The men's flyweight title on the line. Because you know that division, you know when you look at obviously we got that that fight coming up in in December with Pintoja and Roy Val. You know maybe maybe you look at some of your lower weight classes of, you know, generally speaking, uh, weight classes that maybe don't don't produce, you know, big pay-per-view draws. I could see where you go there, but I think you could certainly do some do some fun things, but uh, yeah, to me Conor versus whether it's Chandler or somebody else, that would seem to me be UFC 300. Now, uh, other uh, notable news that came out uh, yesterday, as uh, we now know for sure, I think it's kind of something we kind of knew was coming, as Showtime is exiting the boxing and MMA business. And uh, this came out, uh, I want to say, I initially saw, I want to say from Kevin Ioli, maybe? is a person I initially saw this from, but uh, I, I pulled this from a MMA fighting story where it says in an internal email paramount executives informed employees that showtime sports will be shut down at the end of 2023 paramount president, and CEO Chris McCarthy stated in the email that showtime will be shifting resources towards more scripted material moving forward to drive subscribers to the network as well as a streaming service paramount plus quote, as we evolve our strategy to more efficiently allocate resources and align our content offering across the business, we've made the difficult decision not to move forward with boxing and other content produced by show by the Showtime sports team, Paramount Global said in a statement. Showtime will continue to air and support the remaining 2023 boxing slate and honor obligations through the end of the year. We want to express our deepest gratitude to our employees who have contributed to this award-winning sports program for over multiple decades. I want to say it was 37 years in terms of boxing. And, you know, this morning when I was just going through my, my ex timeline, I, I saw this video from Eddie Hearn and, and I really thought whether, you know, whatever your feelings are about Eddie Hearn, but I thought it was a very spot on commentary that he had about this new story is this is not a good day for boxing. And it's, but it's also one of these things that shows the changing landscape of how we get content. And the fact is, I, I just think on a service like a Showtime, it just doesn't work in 2023 anymore. And, you know, and and look, and to talk about from an MMA aspect, we've seen the decline of Bellator ever since they went to Showtime. And I was talking to somebody earlier today, and I said, who who was at Bellator 300. And I said, did it feel like a funeral? And they go, yeah, it did.
1: Yeah, it's only a matter of weeks, according to Ariel. Well, Ariel, why didn't he say that? I should look up what he actually tweeted.
0: They're, they're, yeah, I mean, pretty much it's – I mean, I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion. Everyone knows that Bellator 301 is going to be the last event. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of reporting out there. I know Ariel has talked about that there's, uh, I guess, part of the discussion point of, of this acquisition by PFL is who would be financially responsible for Bellator 301. I mean, I mean look, it's – I I still sit here, Daniel, and my my mindset is still the same on this one. I I really, like, as a combat sports fan, are we with, you know, these two companies apparently coming together, are we going to get some fights we want to see? Yes. But I just think at the end of the day, if you're a a MMA fighter, I just don't think this is great news that you're eliminating one of the major brands in this sport.
1: Yeah, because they got a good deal for Corey Anderson. Ryan Bader was able to make a living. Liz Carmouche was able to make a living. To have three major players in America that are paying good money to fight professionally is a good thing. For that now to go down to two is not good for fighters. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. Basic economics. The one plus side is throughout the history of this country, There have consistently been people wanting to be that number two, that number three organization. So as Bellator folds or or is bought by the PFL, I'm sure there will be another person or another group of people that will try and take a bite out of the MMA in America apple. And we will see another organization with significant financial backing get after it. I think there are enough quality fighters for that to happen. Look at the, you know, we had eight quality, eight or nine quality fighters that just got cut by the UFC and make some room for some Dana White fighter contender series dudes and women. So I I think it's sad. It's a sad day to have three to two, but I will say I wouldn't be stunned if one day we have promotion number three come to life once more.
0: Yeah, I mean – you know, saying the PFL buys Bellator, which, I mean, I think that's what we all expect at this point. I mean, unless something drastically happens here, but it, to me, it'll be just very interesting to see what the PFL does with the Bellator brand. Do they just merge the fighters into the PFL brand? How do they expand their business? Do they still continue on with the season format? Do they do something different? I mean, obviously, there's going to be some great fights that PFL will be able to put together, um, but but time is going to tell on that. But, you know, I think ultimately the, end of the day, I mean, it, it's a sad day. For for combat sports to see you know someone who's broad been broadcasting boxing for as long as they have and been in the MMA space as long as they have to go away but I think it's just it's it just shows how everything is changing uh, another note to talk about is uh something that happened last week after the podcast and that was uh the former middleweight champion Israel Adesanya was on the rock podcast and uh, he talked about he's gonna be taking some time off and this was his quote he goes quote Before this fight, I was very like, I know I'm on the back end of my career, so I want to do as many as I can because I know I'm done with it. I know I'm done with this. I'm going to miss it. I'm trying to do as much as I can, but after this fight, and again, 14 months and four fights, it's just it's not just the fight. It's the training and everything. I had injuries going into the prayer fight. You've seen that. I don't make any excuses. Strickland got me on the night because he was a better fighter on that night. He did his work well. He had a good team behind him. Now I'm going to take time off to look after myself, and I'm not going to fight for a long time. I'm definitely not going to retire because I know I know me. I'm not leaving like that. I know me, but if I did, I'm fine. I don't need to prove anything else, but I know what I can do and what I can change in my lifestyle to make my body adapt to where I need to be. I'm going to heal myself up. You won't see me fight for a long time. And and Daniel, when I I saw that quote and and I read it, it really made me think about when you're the UFC champion and you're not like a mega star, like a John Jones, a Conor McGregor, where you can really kind of dictate how much you fight. When you're that champion, and you have to literally pretty much fight every four months as long as you're healthy. Like, this is the grind you go through. And for Izzy to sit there and take you say, hey, you know what? I, I would say this. I think Izzy fights within the next 12 months, but I think it's much closer to 12 months than I would say seven months.
1: And when you look at his track record of fight activity, that would be a long period off for Israel Adesanya. Even if it's within a year, but it's eight months from now, because he does fight every four months. And kudos to him for being one of the greats. And I do think he has enough cachet to hold off on fighting every four months at at the, you know, he, he eventually became one of the three or four most marketable dudes on the roster. So you look at his fight activity from twenty fifteen onwards when you combine not only his mixed martial arts contest, but his kickboxing contest, it's pretty crazy how often he was competing. So it, it makes a lot of sense. He's 34 years old. He's very upfront about the fact that he can't just walk away. So many fighters are in denial, but he talks about it. He's going to want to come back. So it's a very honest assessment of himself and what the next five years are going to look like for Israel and Sonia. With the body aging, He's got to be meticulous. He's got to be smart. If he wants to be a champion again, he's got to do everything the right way. And that. And he is now at the age where sometimes doing things the right way is taking your foot off the gas pedal and recovering and, not, and just not going into a fight injured. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think we do see him in a year. Do yeah. I think he becomes champion again? I don't know.
0: I think we're going to be talking about a potential injury. We talked about UFC 294, whether or not maybe a fire got hurt in the open workouts or not. And and it's obviously an aging fire. We'll get to that here uh, in a little bit. Uh, you know, another thing before we get into UFC 294, is this excellent video footage that came out at MMAfighting.com this week where they were given access to the California State Athletic Commission post Tour 300 meeting, and uh, I sat there and watched it. You, you sent me the video, and, you know, look, I, I think to me, and I know I saw some comments online and, and people saying what they wanted to say, but I love the transparency. Like, that to me is like, I, I have a couple of takeaways from what I saw there but just the transparency and when you look at there are regulators out there that want to be transparent not just behind the scenes but in front of the cameras and that's Andy Foster and it was just it was really fascinating to sit there and, and watch that um, you know to me the other big thing that I took really away from this I, I don't know what your, trans, your your big takeaways were was when they started talking about 10-8 rounds and Andy Foster talked about there's gotta be damage for there to be a 10 eight round. that if if damage is not there, it's not a 10 eight round. And he talked and he, in this video, he talks about the fact of he's going to bring some things to the ABC at their meeting next year about maybe changing some of the language in a 10 eight round. But that to me was my two big takeaways from that video.
1: Yeah, my big takeaway was I wish they would do this for everyone evented California, and maybe they will. I mean, this was shot by MMA Fighting, so I don't think MMA Fighting is going to be in there, you know, shooting a high-quality video like this. But it's really cool to see the candid conversation between the officials, the judges, Andy Foster, you know. is surreal to see Ron McCarthy talk, you know, just you see Big John in him. Yeah. So I really liked it, but it's it, it can serve as an education, right? Like, you have broadcasters in the UFC who aren't confident – I don't know. It's hard to explain what I'm about to say. Oh, this is what I'm getting at. In the Yusef Barbosa fight, in round two or three, Michael Bisping was like out on a limb when he was talking about how round one was for sure 10-7 for Yusef. Like he was like, oh, that was a 10-7, no doubt about it. And it's like, I don't know if that was a 10-7 because there's only been like four 10-7s in the past year. And the way sometimes the these are great broadcasters – but the color commentators on the UFC talk about the judging and the scoring criteria. There's a disconnect between what they're saying. And I think what officials are saying. So I think stuff like this serves as an education and information can be received, right? Instead of dominant crews just consistently tearing judges apart and calling them stupid <laughs> because. Yeah. I'll t- tell
0: you this right now. When they put Bisping and Cruz together, I just know we're gonna get
1: some gems. They're great, and I, I love them. I love them. Like I love both. Well, I love Bisping. I like Cruz. Cruz is fine to me. But no, but, them together
0: though, those two personalities, uh, they clash. And I like, they're salty. It, it, why?
1: Why, yeah. why is there balloons going? I off? have, no idea. have, I have ball- no idea. I have no idea why that <laughs> happened. <laughs> have balloons going up. <laughs> Yeah, it it happened.
0: So the program, I I use a program called Ecamm Live to to record our show. And and that happened for another show. And I was like, I was in the preferences. I'm like, how the hell does this (laughs) happen?
1: You remind me of that lawyer for that famous, right when COVID started. And it was like this older lawyer that had a cat filter on for a zoom meeting and he couldn't figure out how to turn it off
0: (laughs) no no dude I was I forget whether I was watching a a reel or a tiktok it's like a zoom meeting and the guy's like hey can I get off this zoom meeting since I'm not involved in this like yeah dude doesn't turn his camera off walks away comes back with a lotion and towel
1: (laughs) they're like hey man your camera's still on (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's why I always make sure to turn off my computer and turn it back on after we're done. You know, don't need <laughs> you catching me in action, looking at some, uh, pride fighting championship highlights and having a good time.
0: You're, 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 go- you're going off last week's show. You're going there and watching some Elbrook.
1: I'm watching. No, I know. Uh, my girlfriend made me block her on all my social media. So can't, can't watch any of that content. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm forced to watch like Will Brooks highlights to get off, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's my update on, uh, things that make me happy. So yeah, no, 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 uh, no Brook footage is seen on this computer. I promise.
0: Yeah, man. It's, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> had no idea what her was all about. Now we, we are after last week's podcast, we are very very familiar with all that's all
1: about yeah ever since last week's podcast i've been hearing all these pop-ups going off on jason's computer so lord knows what websites he visited in the past seven days
0: dude i dude, i will say this right now man bought a new computer if apple workers work on a commission that has to be a great job because holy crap that store is always
1: packed dude i know right there's no way they work off a big commission though because they would be driving to work in tesla's they would be. Uh, they would not have a. They would not be working anymore because that those products are expensive, and I'm sure it was packed.
0: Oof. Oh, trust me. Oh, I know. You know. Yeah. Once you start, you know, you start doing. You know. You know. You don't get the base model. You know. You start adding. <laughs> it gets. Uh, it gets super expensive and super expensive
1: real quick. Well, the one way to pay that off is to make some bets and make money. So, are you, how you figured it out? Do you know which fighters you're betting money on to uh, make that money back for you? Well,
0: there, there is a, uh, well, I'm going to casino tonight, baby. So, uh, oh my <laughs> so, God, you're gonna lose.
1: So, casino?
0: maybe the blackjack table is gonna treat me well.
1: Uh huh. Do you live by Indian Reservation?
0: Uh, not that far. Yeah. The, uh, the similar Hard Rock uh, Hotel and Casino is here in Tampa. So, it's, um,
1: like fr- my
0: office, my office is in St. Petersburg. So, it would probably in non-drive time traffic. It'd probably take me from here forty-five minutes or so. But like, nice. but like from like South Tampa where I, where I'm from is, it, I can be there in thirty minutes, twenty-five. That's nice.
1: Minutes. That's a nice activity to do with the boys. Yeah, so it's, you
0: know, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe I'll go there and throw some black check. Yeah, you know, we're going to give our best best for, for UFC 294 coming up here as we get into uh, UFC 294. Of course, we all know the change this card has gone through with uh, Charles Oliveira out due to a, a cut uh, from his last round in sparring. Volkanovski steps up here on, on 11 days' notice where. When he took the fight, he was weighing 181 pounds. Of course, we all saw this rematch, the the first matchup at the beginning of the year. Now, this one here. And I thought Volkanovsky had a really interesting comment today uh, during his media session where he said, he's like, he goes, if the roles were reversed, I don't think that uh, Islam would have taken this fight on, on this amount of notice. Of course, you got uh, Usman and Chemayev. Did Kamar Usman get hurt during the open workouts or not? Justin Gagey says no. There's video footage out there. People are going to kind of take that one. Is uh, You got uh, Anka Alive and Walker, big matchup there in the 205-pound division. Um, I'm going to mention this one because I don't know how much we're going to talk about Tim Elliott and, and uh, Muhammad makayev Have you seen what Tim is doing?
1: No, what's he doing?
0: So you you know him and Kevin Croom are obviously not uh, friendly.
1: Yeah, they're they're brothers, but in the wrong way. They're Eskimo <laughs> brothers.
0: Yeah, they're es- they're Eskimo brothers. For for people who are not aware, Tim Elliott was married to Gina Mazzani. She was allegedly having a affair. I don't know if I should even say alleged. I'm just trying. I guess I'm trying to be nice here with Kevin Croom. So Kevin Croom's got a BKFC fight coming up. Tim Elliott is sponsoring his opponent.
1: I love it, I love dude. It.
0: This is a shit that happens in combat sports.
1: Yeah, uh, that is hilarious. I, I did not see that. Well, dude, I I,
0: I I saw it the other day. I think I saw it on Facebook or Facebook or on X. And I'm like, oh my god, this shit only happens in mixed martial arts.
1: I know. I've it's that's amazing to me. By the way,
0: BKFC did announce today their December card, headlined by Eddie Alvarez and Mike Perry.
1: Damn, that's a good fight. I I, kind of wish that was
0: my first thought. Was like, holy shit, am I going to buy a BKFC pay per view?
1: Yeah, that's just a good fight. Like, I want to see that fight, and uh, I might. I don't know if I'll buy it, but I'll definitely keep the highlights. That's that's just a good fight. Like, those are two guys I want to see. That's a fight I want to see in a mixed martial arts contest. I'm like a. On like a one FC fight night,
0: I, I was thinking about this when you know you, you all the, the Mike Perry stuff was in my algorithm last week, and I was just like, You want to talk about a guy who's been able to capitalize off leaving the UFC financially? Man, Mike Perry, one of the biggest winners, that guy has made so much money. I mean, and it just shows there, there's stuff out there. But when I saw that on Tim Elliott, man, I, I sat there. Um, I'll tell you. Because I know we're going to talk a lot about the, the main card here. The the one fight that I, I look at on the preliminary card and think that this could be just a fun fight because of their fighting style. They're both two guys I expect will want to stay on the feet. Definitely Trevor Peek will to stay on the feet. Uh, but Muhammad Yaya, uh, who's coming in here as a plus-130 underdog, he, he's a guy that I uh, watched some film with him. He does like to, to stand up. That could be a very fun fight between those guys. But like overall, you look throughout this card, Daniel, like – we're talking, about, we got massive favorites all throughout this fight. Card. Mah- um, Islam is a minus 240 body favorite. Shemaev is a three to one favorite. Ankhalayev a three and a half to one. Askarov a six to one favorite. Uh, Makaev a four and a half to one favorite. Uh, Basaran a six to one favorite. Jubilee a three to one favorite. Wood a minus 340. Duakola, uh, she's minus 550. I mean, we have got big favorites all over. And then. You got the guy with who only has one eye in, in Magomedov in the opening fight of the night taking on Bruno Silva.
1: I, there's a dude with only one eye on this card?
0: Yeah, Mag, uh, Shara Magomedov.
1: I didn't know anything about this. I did not know anything about this. This is cool. I Hell yeah. That's never happened before, right? I don't think that we've ever had a one-eyed fighter. That is awesome because I was just thinking about... Uh, uh, I was listening to a podcast about you know, professional arts in the Hall of Fame and guys that were going to be in the Hall of Fame. And a guy who's a nominee is named Pirazza Mar- Morgan. He's a pirate. Um, he used to have two eyes. Mm-hmm. But back in the 90s, he was catching a guy on a suicide dive. And uh, he, he, uh, he went eye first into a loose screw in a guardrail and lost his eye. And it ended up being the best thing to ever happen. Because what now? He's now a pirate, and he now is incredibly famous and successful. And so I was listening to that story, so I've been thinking about one-eyed individuals. So that is really cool uh, for him to to do this. And I'm gonna root for him. Bruno Silva is a darn good fighter, but uh, hell yeah, Magomedov.
0: Yeah, so that, that's kind of, I know there's another, there's another fighter has an eye issue out of uh, Tennessee, Dre Miley, uh, who, who's very active there on, on social media. Uh, but obviously, to me, it, it's it's really about these top three fights. You know, before you get to the main event and co-main event, uh, Ankle Live and Walker, obviously a big matchup for Ankh there at 205 pounds. And, you know, Johnny Walker's been on a nice little role. I think it's an awful stylistic matchup. For Johnny Walker, if Johnny Walker's gonna be able to pull this off, to me, it's about going out there early on and finishing Antkaliyev. But Antkaliyev, like to me, he's very much like Matthias Gamrot right now. Remember when G- Gamrot was supposed to be the backup fighter for the main event? Well, clearly that didn't happen. So literally, if Volk wins, sorry Gamrot, you're probably waiting like a year for that title shot. Ankalaev, you know, he's right there, kind of as a quote unquote. 1A title, you know, title challenger at 205 pounds. But, of course, he's got to wait for Yuri and Alex. Then you got Jamal Hill come back from injury. And the UFC has basically already said Jamal Hill will get the next tile shot. So I, 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 unless Ank goes out there and puts a, a special performance. I mean, like you talk about best bets. I would go uh Anklive wins inside the distance against Walker. He should he should be able to utilize his grappling. Um that would be this very smart game plan for him in terms of this one. But uh I that's I I think about best bets for us fight card, I like Ankleve win inside the distance.
1: Yeah, we're kind of on a similar Best, best idea. I'm going Ankelaev via KO slash TKO, and you get that for like plus 100. I just think there's a big difference between skill level and Walker and Ankelaev. And mm-hmm. Walker has shown this is a new Johnny Walker. He's corrected a lot of issues, and he's fighting better. I just think Magomed ankaliev is one of the three or four best light heavyweights in the world. And I think he's going to show that. And clearly, he's either going to go one or two ways following the draw. He's either going to let the draw define him, and he's going to spend his whole life being like, oh, I could have been champion, but I got screwed by the judges. Or he's going to come back with with some fire in his belly, and he's going to crawl back to that championship fight. So we shall see. But I'm going Ankalaya by KOTKO, and I'm looking forward to the fight, but it is kind of the textbook thing. It's like you look at all these fights in this fight card, and you have a pretty strong idea of who's going to win. I will say, like, on best bets, Since we briefly mentioned it, I'll throw it back out there. I'm going Tim Elliott straight up on best bets. Give me Tim Elliott, major dog against Muhammad Makayev. The thing is, Makaev is an uber prospect. He's incredibly young and he shows it. But in his run, he is shown to have a couple of lame duck performances. Mm -hmm. And Tim Elliott is like three times better than the best dude Muhammad Makayev has fought. And... I I like Tim Elliott. This is a scrappy flyweight. So straight up, I'm picking Tim Elliott to win. I think he's going to win by decision. That would be one of my best bets. I think the odds are too wide for that one.
0: Yeah, you know, when I look at at major underdogs and, and more looking at the prelims here, um I would throw Mike Breeden, who's a plus 240 underdog. I think he's kind of an interesting one uh, to throw out there. Um, another one, I don't really like him to win the matchup, but uh, Azatar plus 185 against Dumas I think it is another one. Um, you know, my second best bet actually does come from the prelims, and that's going to be Trevor Peak and Muhammad Yaya. Um you know it doesn't have great odds i would rather probably just go peak wins via tko ko but to me the under one and a half is it's a little juiced up right now but that to me would be one that i would look at and my other best bet's gonna be in the main event co-main event so we'll get in that in a moment
1: yeah uh my other best bet so i have three i have Enkali via KO tko i have tim elliott winning straight up and by the way shout out to muhammad yaya Watched uh, one of those documentaries on him, that anatomy of a fighter, first ever fighter from the United Arab Emirates to be a UFC fighter. Uh, so he looks pretty good um, in this fluff documentary piece. So you know, it's not <laughs> like it's, well, it's not like it's the most critical thing, right? Like every, like, I, it's a it's a PR piece. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a PR piece. It's a PR piece. So obviously, I think he's going to be a world champion after watching it, right? Uh, yeah. So he 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 may lose, but uh, shout out to him. Um, but I digress. My other pick is Saeed Namagamanoff uh, via submission over Muin Gafurath. Um I think you get some pretty good odds on that. So my three picks, I stayed away from the main event and the co-main event because those to me kind of look like foregone conclusions and the odds are wide. I know there's money to be made. I'm interested to see what you say. But uh, I'm going with Saeed via submission, and via KO, TKO, and Tim Ellian straight up, baby.
0: My other best bet is actually going to be in the co-main event. I don't like this matchup at all for Kamaru Usman. I I think Hamzat Shemaev is catching him at a proper time. Obviously, we've not seen Shemaev in a long time. It's... I'm, I'm, I'm going to play the safe route and just say Chamayev wins inside the distance at minus 115, but I might lean to Chamayev wins via TKO-KO at plus 200. I just think he's catching Kamaru Usman at the right time. We'll see what Usman looks like at 185 pounds, but I just think Chamayev's is going to roll through Kamaru Usman here, and, and maybe I'm going to look like an idiot in, in terms of this one, but um, that would be my third bet. I mean, I think this is a great spot for Chamayev, and you know, Dana White has already told Kevin IoLi that the winner of this matchup is going to get a title matchup. So, um, sorry, Sean Strickland, but you're probably uh, going to be a very, very short-term UFC champion if, if Hamza Chmai is your first title defense.
1: Yeah, especially if this is a version of Hamza at the table to look really impressive against Kamaru Uzman. I mean, Uzman would be the most talented fighter he's fought. Number one currently is Gilbert Burns. The, the, the Gilbert Burns that he fought was a hell of a fighter. Yeah. That was a great fight that really tested Shemayev. That wasn't the type of fight where Shemayev went out there and it was an A+. Then after that, we saw him fight Kevin Holland, but that was you know not a fight that really should have happened, obviously. Things got switched around because Hamzat missed weight. Um, he looked good. Against Usman, I think the size is really going to matter. You know, Usman, statistically, anytime he's ever lost two fights in a row, he's undefeated, but... He's also never lost two fights in a row until just now, so that's a stupid stat. But um, Kamaru, you just get the sense that he's one of the great weltsweights of all time, and he's also on the back end. And I think that's why we're fighting him here. Along with the fact that this is a two-week preparation for this fight versus a full fight camp for Chimayin. So I think the physicality and the athleticism of Hamzat are going to be too much. I think he will do damage with the stand-up. The one thing is I do love the the intelligence of Usman. I love the intelligence in his corner, the intelligence of everything about that fight camp I love so much. They clearly have to have a good game plan headed into Hamzat. So this will be very interesting moving forward. What is going to be the game plan that Kamaru is going to try and execute against Chemayev? How successful is it? Is that something future Chemayev opponents can apply? Also, Chimaev has like a lot of X factors. You just never know. This is the type of guy where you feel like all of a sudden something crazy is going to happen, and he's going to not perform well, and he'll have a good excuse or why not. Because this is a very this is a guy who we've seen retire before. This is a guy who we've seen spend you know, big layoffs, suffer significant injuries, and go through a significant illness. So who knows with Chimaev? But uh, I'm staying away from this fight. I do think he's going to win convincingly.
0: Yeah, I, I just don't like the matchup for Kamara Usman here, but maybe he goes out there and surprised me. And then, of course, uh, the main event, the rematch between Alexander Volkanovsky and Makhachev. of course, uh, Volkanovsky taking this fight here on 11 days' notice. And, uh, you know, look, I, I think the analogy in, in the combat sports game is the fighter who lost the first fight has a little bit of advantage going into the second fight. But I, I think that, you know, we all remember kind of the, the narrative of after this one, but I think, you know, sometimes I think people forget the fact of Uh, Islam did have four takedowns in the opening matchup. He had nearly eight minutes of control time. And, you know, to me, it it was a close fight, but he still did win the fight here. But the whole stepping up on 11 days notice, ah, man, I just, that to me is why I think uh, Mahachev ultimately retains the title here. But, um, and of course, by the way, Conor McGregor already throwing some diggers at uh, at Ariat Mahachev. I guess we should not be surprised. Probably should not be surprised. That is not a fight. That is
1: not a fight I want to see. That is not a fight I want to see. So would that you like, to, to, would you like wrestling... to
0: know the tweets?
1: No. Yeah, let me see. What's the tweet? Okay.
0: So this was from uh, six hours ago. I was recording this podcast. So he quote tweeted a uh, video from MMA Uncensored where they uh, had a thing where it says Islam Makhachev takes a shot at John Jones, uh, blasting the UFC pound for pound rankings, saying it's bullshit. And this is what Conor McGregor wrote. Are you ready? I don't think you're ready for this. I'm ready. This guy is a gum bean. Am I supposed to know what that means? I'm sorry. G-U-M-B-E-E-N.
1: Am I supposed to know what that means? My initial thought is I hope that's not a, like a slur. I hope it's not. I'm going to go to Urban Dictionary and I will check. I've never heard that Irish slang for a stupid, ignorant person. Never heard of gum bean before.
0: Never heard of it. Oh, it gets. Oh, it gets worse.
1: Oh God. Okay. This is Conor McGregor tweeting.
0: This is what happens when cousins have sex and have a child together. This is the result.
1: We are now in problematic territory. We we have now entered problematic territory.
0: And of course, Ali Dzelzi's response, because he pretty much responds to every Conor McGregor tweet.
1: If Volkanovsky beats Islam Makhachev. Is that your UFC 300 main event? Volkanovski versus Connor. For the lightweight touch.
0: <laughs> Supposedly, Volkanovski wants to win. His plan is to win on Saturday
1: and fight Ilya. Didn't right? fight yeah. Taporia in January. That is true. But if Dana White calls you and says, hey, would you like to main event UFC 300 against Connor McGregor or would you like to fight Ilya Taporia? I think he's going to pick the former option. Whoa.
0: No. He picked. He yeah. probably not. Nah, I think Volkanovsky go. Why not both?
1: Honestly, I think you're right. That's kind of why you love. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I think you're right. And that's his attitude. That's why it's easy to root for him in this situation. He, what a, What an amazing story would it be if he were to? I mean, Islam's probably the third best dude, second best dude on the planet right now, behind John Jones.
0: You know, every time I I listen to Volkanovski talk. He just seems like that dude you want to have a beer with, or just hang out. Like he just seems like the everyday dude. Like he, you, you feel like you can relate to him.
1: Honestly, he's someone the UFC should look at as bringing on as a broadcaster. Like he reminds me of Michael Bisping so much in terms of that attribute that you just laid out. Out of anybody, he might be my number one pick in terms of I want to hear this guy do commentary moving forward. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree with you. His post fight interviews are legendary. His pre fight interviews are legendary. He's an everyday man. He's he works his butt off. He went from this big rugby player to being one of the best fighters of all time. But he probably will lose on Saturday. I'm picking Islam. Yeah. Know. You know, again, I watched the PR piece, which a great documentary by Will Harris. But I watched these documentaries and I'm just like, this is the greatest team that's ever been assembled when I watch these this discipline and this yeah. work ethic. And, and it's, it's hard to watch the, their preparation and not think this dude's a, a literal machine. He's optimized every second of every day to be a world champion.
0: The anatomy of the fire stuff is is great content. It's also very much PR work for a certain management team.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, it's all, all these stuff, but it is, and that's what it is, and it's important. And the thing is, that pays the bills. Good for him. He has to go live and do these badass documentaries, but it's important to, to know that it is that aspect of it. Well, with that being said, what I appreciate is like getting the insight on Habib's, like Habib's, oh God, like his, uh, his perspective on coaching and being a team. And, you know, there was a viral clip that came out from this recent one where it was like, you need to show up to every training camp. And you need to listen to us. And that's different than the type of coaching you see in modern sports, right? Mm -hmm. You you look at basketball. All these big basketball stars are dictating their training, are dictating their coaching. Oh, I don't like your coaching, so I'm going to get a new coach because I'm the best prospect. But what's very interesting about the team, Habib, is that you have the elders of the team that set the training for everybody, And he even talks about himself. He's like, I need to be in the gym every single day because I tell this dude to run 40 miles and you 20, don't question it, just do it. And that's a very interesting perspective because we live in the day and age of athletes questioning things, which that's not to say either coaching style is good or bad. They both work well. They both have been successful. But there's something to be said about buying into a philosophy of a coach or coaches Doing everything they say and actually letting them coach you, and it's paid off for that camp.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I can't remember who the coach was. It was an MMA coach. Like I almost, I almost want to say it maybe was Mark Montoya that I was I was having an interview with, and yeah, you know, we were we were talking about coaching mindsets, and, and and he said he's like he's like, hey, you have to adapt your coaching mind, and maybe I'm maybe it's somebody else, but I feel like it was Mark Montoya where he's like you have to adapt your coaching mindset to that particular fighter because not every fighter is going to be the same you know and 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 obviously i, I think the mindset of a mixed martial artist is going to be much different than a mindset of, of a basketball player or a baseball player basc- you know whatever they're, they're all i think they're they're just all different mindsets um but i mean you look at, there, there's no question you look at the results that Habib is, is pulling out as a head coach yeah he, I mean, it's kind of hard to, you know, if Islam goes on and wins on Saturday, which I expect him to, I mean, it's kind of hard to not maybe think that Habib dermaga is the MMA coach of the year. I mean, I mean Eric Nixick I think is probably another one that's probably, you know, if you're going to say, if I'm going to name another coach that's coach of the year, um, Eric Nixick may be the leader in the clubhouse when you see what he's yeah. done with Sean Strickland.
1: Yeah, I know, right, because you see improvement, massive improvement. To become a champion. So that's big out of Nixon. Maybe it'd be interesting to maybe rank like who do we think are the top 50 fighters of the world today? And how many of these fighters are in Habib's camp? How many are in Nixick's camp? How many are, are, you know, Trevor Whitman only has so many fighters. Well, I mean. It'd be interesting to see where these fighters, how many of the all-time great, how many of the great fighters are in what camps?
0: But how uh, like, but I think also your Vegas gyms are they they have a lot of benefit to, to them, that a lot of those fighters who say, hey, I want to utilize the UFC PI in Vegas because it's free to use. If you're a UFC fighter, then it's like, okay, where in Vegas my training? Am I going to Extreme Couture? Am I going to Syndicate? Tenth uh, Tenth, some guys go to Tenth Planet, but mostly it's it's either Extreme, or or to Syndicate. I mean, I think that's where I mean. I mean, look, I, I think may, maybe the bigger question would be is if you said who are the top 50 fighters in the world, how many of them are Americans?
1: That's a good question. That's a good – yeah. When, when we should – one of these weeks whenever there's nothing going on, we can do – we can look at who are the top 50. Who do we think are the top 50 fighters in the world today? That could be something we could dig into. Yeah, I, I want to uh, yeah, say –
0: I want to say MMA Junkie. I want to say is doing like a top fifty UFC fighters all time. I always say I they I saw today they had Frankie Edgar 50 of all time, top fifty UFC 50
1: fighters of all time? time. Yeah. Oh, okay. I
0: want to say I want to say that's I want to say what's let what, I me mean, pull up MMA Junkie. Here. I want to say that's what I saw on their website. Um, they had uh, greatest UFC fighter of all time Frankie Edgar at number twenty
1: six. Wow. I mean, yeah, he is so a hell 27 of a was
0: Joanna, 28 Francis, 29, Frank Shamrock, 30, Dustin Poirier.
1: I'm sure maybe once we get the full list, we could break it down. and, and see uh, That would be an interesting
0: list to see where, where do you guys go at. I mean, it's I, it's. I will say Frank
1: Shamrock is probably too low on that list, honestly, because there was a point in time. I mean, it depends how you're doing the conversation, but there was a point in time where Frank Shamrock was like the best fighter in the world. Uh, So when you have that qualification, there was never a point where I thought Frank Dieger was the best fighter in the world. I don't know. That's just my two cents. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. We'll see. We'll see how it looks like how high will T or tease me on this list. I, I think you've got to. you got to put Chuck on this list. you got to so put I Randy just, on this
0: list. So, Tapology has a uh, – because I, I was Googling it, says grace fires of all time. Um,
1: Jones won.
0: I'm I'm actually surprised. I'm surprised Habib is not higher than what he is.
1: What is he, like number five?
0: He's number six. Uh, so, oh, it's five is Jose Aldo, four, and oh, Silva, wow. three – Demetrius Johnson, two John Jones, one George St.
1: Peter. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense, though. God, we've had some really good fighters throughout these years. What? What? How does the rest of the top ten round out? Let me guess. All right, Habib is six. You say, uh, number seven. Oh man. Oh God, I don't even know. Is this only men? Um, it oh, looks to be. I it go. looks to be.
0: It looks to be only men.
1: All right. So if, let me see how many is the top heavyweight.
0: No, no there, no, there are female fighters, but the first female fighter is 19th.
1: Oh wow. God, I don't even know where to go with this list. Is uh Habib. He's t- oh, my he's god. allegedly
0: he's allegedly retired.
1: He's allegedly retired.
0: He's fought within the oh, last year.
1: Oh my god. Oh god, he just retired. Um crap. Oh god. Uh, I feel
0: like we brought his name up last week on the podcast.
1: What uh, weight class? Heavyweight. A freaking uh, Cain Velasquez. Fedor. Oh, oh crap! I was thinking of UFC fighters. Damn it. <laughs> damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Uh, so I'll, I'll go. It. I'll go
0: down the list yeah. here.
1: Okay. So oh, seven give me the weight fe- classes for the next three. All right. The weight classes Eight. For the next three. Eight uh-huh. is a forty-fiver. Uh, is it uh, Max Holloway?
0: Uh no, Max Holloway yeah. is
1: where did I see him at? It's not your right favor, is it? No. Who is it that I'm missing? Volkanovsky? Yeah, it's Volkanovsky. Wow, Volkanovsky's already eight all time. Yeah. I mean it makes sense. Nice. Uh, by the way, the Max Holloway
0: is fourteenth. Uh nine and ten have fought each other.
1: Nine and ten have fought each other. What weight
0: um, class? Uh, they fought at heavyweight.
1: They fought at heavyweight. And to
0: give you a hint,
1: Daniel Cormier and Daniel Cormier and Stephen Miochich.
0: Yep, that's that's your top ten.
1: Oh wow! So
0: then, just kind of give give a list here. There it goes Kamar Usman, Adinsanya, uh Couture, Holloway, mm-hmm. Hughes, Cruz, Saadudo, Penn. Nunez, that's your first female fighter coming in at 19th. Then it's Liddell, McGregor, Velasquez, Henderson, Edgar at 24. Uh, Charles Oliveira, uh, Noguera at 26. Vanderlei at 27. Tito comes in at 28. 29 is your second female fighter, Valentin Shevchenko. Where is Chris Cyborg on this list?
1: 44. Forty-four. I'm 44, past. I've yeah. just passed
0: forty-four. She is not coming. Uh,
1: Fifty-seven.
0: Yoana is on before Chris Cyborg. Ronda oh, Rousey is. Coming. Where is Chris Cyborg on this list? Oh my god!
1: What she, is she is sixty-one. Who's behind her? Who's in front of her? Like who's the three fighters in front of her?
0: Sterling, Franklin, and Sakuraba.
1: Rich Franklin. Yeah. Bro, I, I, uh, look,
0: I, I can re- I can talk about Chris Cyborg and the strength of schedule. She should be way higher than 61. Come on.
1: Yeah, she should be higher than Rich Franklin. We should do a long-form Rich Franklin podcast. That's a name that people forget, even though he's a part of 1FC. One, uh, one, one of yeah. the
0: nicest fighters I've ever met.
1: Yeah, math teacher turned champion, and then Anderson Silva sent him back to grade school. I
0: I, yeah. I am blown away that Chris Cyborg is, is that number 61
1: is that, is that quality of competition? Cause it's probably like some type of formula that decides it. Right. I don't know.
0: Oh, and, I'm, uh, I look, I mean, yeah, I mean that, that is always going to be the one thing that in terms of not calling her the greatest female fighter of all time, that, that it to me is the biggest argument. Now I, now I obviously I realize there's people who do think she's the greatest female fighter of all time. And, and really I think the best case for that is, you know, what she went, what nine years without a loss?
1: Yeah, just the streak of dominance. Just, you know, who she was in the cage with is the big question.
0: I did see she tweeted that she's got she's already signed her next fight, and I'm like, please tell me that's not Liam McCord. Please tell me that's not Liam McCord.
1: I'm sure that's what it is. I'm sure oh, that's what God. it is. Unless for, it's a, a PFL fight.
0: Who the hell wants to see that? Uh, besides julia McCord, yeah she she uh, posted on x where uh she said um fight news soon
1: then she also
0: uh posted earlier today goes when a promoter signs me to fight they are not only getting an athlete for their event but they're also getting a marketing partner how many fighters do their own media open workouts how many fighters do their own digital series promote their fight few
1: Interesting. Yeah, I think uh, maybe she's got a PFL fight with Kayla Harrison lined up.
0: Dude, right that after. is that is the only fight that we all want to see. I mean, come on, let's just be honest. I mean, Kayla's got that that fight uh, at the PFL World Championships, which they still have not announced pay a pay-view price point. They actually, uh, there was a, an email that went out today about the, their VIP ticket packages. That, by the way, start at seventeen fifty, not seventeen dollars and fifty cents, one thousand seven hundred fifty dollars. It's cage side premiere and PFL premium. Uh, the press release says uh, will bring fans closer to PFL than they've ever been before. Experiences include participating in live fire walkouts watching a preliminary fight from a seat against the PFL Smart Cage and photo ops in the PFL Smart Cage with PFL commentator Randy Couture and all six champions, on top of that, the best seats in the house. Uh, Purchasers of the K-Side Premier and PFL Premium Package will also be invited to an exclusive pre-fight reception in the Celsius Lounge alongside PFL fighters and executives with an all-inclusive food and top-shelf open bar. Now you're talking to me you're talking now you're talking to, to... You're talking it... to me this says rounding up the experience pfl provide unique gifts including a framed pfl championship poster signed by the fires and a custom fight kit
1: oh well, now that you told me i get a custom fight kit i'll tell you what i hate the phrase fight kit i think it sounds that? stupid just sounds stupid a fight kit i want to wear my fight kit it's a it's a uniform it's a jersey a fight kit It sounds like it sounds like I just got an easy bake oven and I got a bunch of kit to make cookies. All right. This is this is a sport of violence and I don't want things to be called kits.
0: I have not even looked to see what what does a UFC fighter uh, venom kit look like at this
1: point. (laughs) Also, how many fight kits does each fighter have? Like when you sign to the UFC, do you just get like 400 jerseys of your name on it?
0: Uh, just, no, I think they have to pay for all that.
1: You're just going through your life with your name on your back.
0: I'm trying to find, maybe if I just, am I just look, uh, here we go. Fire. Let's, let's just, let's click John Jones. Let's see what pops up here. Uh, John Jones, Venom, authentic fight night, 2.0 men's walkout Jersey.
1: $110. Damn. Hundred and ten dollars. How's it look?
0: The same little crap they wear in the cage. Rinse and repeat.
1: Yeah.
0: Rinse There's actually repeat. some decent they got some John Bones Jones shirts at 40 bucks. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I certainly would not, you know, I would not the only only way I would like buy a fight kit was like, if I was like a personal friend, Mm -hmm.
1: that'd be the only way
0: I I would, I would do that. Yeah. I'm I'm like, I like the, the only, um, memorabilia I have is more event posters. I do. I do like that stuff.
1: Yeah. Something like that looks cool. Just a fight kit is pretty embarrassing. Is how I would say it. I mean, you just look weird. It's like one thing to wear a Jersey of a team, but yeah, just a Jersey of a person is just, you know, I, I can't define do They need better merch than yeah, just mean, what they have.
0: Yeah, I've got – I bought two of the artist posters last year's for the Fight Island events, or two years ago at this point. And then the other one, I've got a UFC 92 poster, which that was the uh, Evans Griffin, Rampage, Vanderlei, and uh, oh, what was the third big fight
1: on that one? Evans Griffin was Frank on that?
0: Maybe was that maybe a Frank Muir... Big Nog fight?
1: I mean they they did fight.
0: Uh, Frank mirror yeah, that was Frank Muir, Big Nog
1: when uh, Mir um, won by
0: knockout in the second round.
1: Yeah, that was depressing.
0: And I don't, I don't like, I don't like. I obviously I have a bunch of, of Bucks memorabilia, just you know all the years of. You know various things, and you know I got a lot of stuff from the Super Bowl. Uh, you know that I have in my house, but I, I'm not a big, I'm not a huge memorabilia person.
1: Yeah. By yeah. By the way, speaking I of think- food,
0: bought an air fryer last week. Mm-hmm. Why did someone not tell me about air fryer much sooner? It's been an A plus for you. Oh God, dude! I, I reheated some chicken wings in that thing. Ooh, ooh, Was damn delicious.
1: Wow. Well, look, man. my
0: my buddy told me, he goes, he goes, dude, you got to put mozzarella sticks in there. So I went grocery shopping this week. I got some mozzarella sticks. I haven't tried them yet.
1: You got to report back and maybe I will join you in the air fryer life because it seems really easy. You just put something in there and it cooks. That's my type of cooking.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm look, I am. I will say this. I am limited in the kitchen department. I yeah. know I am. Look, you, you got to know what you're limited in life. I know I, I. There are certain things I know I can cook in the kitchen. There are certain things I'm not that good at.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah, I, 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 I'm interested to see what type of things you're able to dish out in the air fryer. But uh, I, I think that's the type of appliance that I could get behind.
0: Yeah, the way I, it's been put to me is like apparently you can by just put just about anything in the air fryer. Apparently.
1: Wow, and it just cooks it good, and voila. Yeah, man. Hell yeah! Come on, what's well, well. that?
0: What about the delicious food, man? You know, I know, man. I actually, I, I think I'm going to go out on Saturday afternoon to watch UFC 294. I'm sure mm-hmm. to kind of see what the what, when I when I walk into you know the neighborhood bar. Are people going to actually be paying attention to UFC car or are they just be paying attention to college football?
1: Probably college football until the big fights come on. But because uh, by the time the big fights come on, who knows if there'll even be a good game? But well, I want to say, oh crap! Uh, For God starts at two. Oh, damn, you're yeah, right.
0: Yeah, yeah we're, it's not nighttime. Hey, you stay yeah, you say about nighttime.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that.
0: I'd be like, hey, man, he, oh. I, I bet she knocks him out third round, 250. You'd be like, all right, I'll take that bet.
1: <laughs> and I'd just be yeah, sitting there laughing know? for
0: 10 minutes. Yeah, like, he doesn't like,
1: know. Yeah. yeah, damn. Yeah, people are going to be watching college football. People will people be watching college football around that time. Those so, yeah. Be, all right, so you're – hey,
0: yeah, your big noon game uh is Ohio State Penn State. So it could be still a very competitive game, you know, two o'clock when the when it starts. Three thirty, Tennessee, Alabama. Utah USC plays at eight o'clock. And uh FSU at Duke is seven
1: thirty. I mean, so that's the game everyone around you is gonna care about. But uh yeah, not not the biggest I, week of college football.
0: For the most part, I like to watch FSU games at home. You know, just enjoyed, hope. By I, I did go out last Saturday to watch it, and uh, it it was just it was. I was sitting there, and I was very fascinated because apparently a lot of my FSU fans, I love them some high noons.
1: Yeah, I felt bad do. for the
0: bar back. That bar back was just kept having to fill up that cooler.
1: <laughs> Hopefully, they they tipped the, the staff good. I, I'm
0: How not. I'm not did. a seltzer guy, man. I, I just I don't care for. Them.
1: Yeah, I like myself a beer. I don't like no seltzer. It gives me, it gives me stomach problems. I like a manly beer. <laughs> you all try to sound manly there. Yeah, manly beer. You put some hair on your chest, you know. And you start drinking some seltzers, they'll go away. Yeah. That's just you wanting to get drunk soon as, as quickly as possible with that high alcohol content.
0: I, I just had to laugh. The dude next to me brought his own Yeti cup, and he was literally pouring his high noons into his Yeti cup. I was like –
1: Oh, that's a that's a new one. I know, man. Maybe maybe I should try a one high noon for a Big Dune kickoff. You know, see, I, I, see for some works.
0: reason I don't I don't see you doing that. By by the way, how, yeah. how's the hand doing?
1: It's doing good, man. It's got a little strip on it. I don't know if you can see it, but yeah, uh, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, it's still looking ugly. I mean, it's gonna probably always look ugly, but it's a very slow process. You know, we'll see. Who gives uh, it back first, me or Paulo Costa?
0: Yeah. By the way, I will mention uh I was attempting to buy a Royal Rumble tickets, and if you're here in the Tampa Bay area and you're trying to buy those things, they ain't cheap. Yeah,
1: and they're the tickets going we quick, were looking
0: right? at were in the hundred level were three seventy a pop. And the expensive ticket was two grand. I saw some a thousands, I saw some seven hundreds. Uh yeah, it's not cheap to go to.
1: Damn. Not not cheap well, to go to. No, yeah. I you're trying to get in there and watch the rock perform man and they're 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 making it making it hard on you
0: so so what you're telling me is good chance the rock is at royal rumble is that what you're telling me
1: good chance he wins it good chance he wins it who knows uh... Depends. i mean he might just show up and be like hey i want to fight you roman let's go like not even <laughs> having to win the rumble not even having to win the rumble it, but yeah you, you'll you know if the rock's going to be in the Rumble. If it's the first match again, if it's the first match, he won't be on there. But if it's the last thing you see on the pay per view, he will be out there. Yeah, you got to imagine. That's I mean. Yeah. He's been very transparent about it. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. WrestleMania, Rock, Roman, let's get it.
0: But it's in, uh, was it Philly this year? For WrestleMania is that?
1: Yeah, it's in Philadelphia. Um, Probably two nights, so you'll probably get two champ. Two. Maybe you'll get Roman versus Cody one night, and Roman versus The Rock the other, or the Usos against each other. But we'll see. WWE. I'm so
0: still, I'm still you, The greatest thing I saw was a clearly had a few Daddy Sodas. Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso at that press conference after uh, uh, what was their last premium event? Fastlane.
1: Fastlane. Yeah, it was either Daddy Sodas or the Devil's Lettuce. Can't really tell which one. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, they, I I think it's very clear. Both of them had a good time when they got to the press conference.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was classic. Yeah, that was amazing. But yeah, I mean, you know, WWE is pretty damn great right now. Yeah, gotta say. It, it,
0: I'm 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 waiting to see. Do we do we eventually start seeing some many fighters making some type of appearance? Not saying they're becoming performers, but. At what point do we kind of see that that crossing In, of the two brands that they're owned by the same company?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I think it's going to be something that makes sense, and we'll see. But nothing's been going on the horizon. But when you have people like Logan Paul involved, it's only a matter of time till somebody comes up with a good idea. Maybe Sean O'Malley or Connor uh, McGregor.
0: You know the name that came to my mind?
1: Who? But Gable Stevenson. Get him into the UFC. I like that. I like that. That's a good one. That's a good crossover from WWE to UFC for a damn sure.
0: Cause wasn't wasn't he struggling?
1: Yeah, where well, he hasn't or he hasn't, allegedly, allegedly struggling. I know he had one. I know he had some performances that the uh, people didn't like. The internet did not like. So maybe he goes to the UFC, does that for a little, bit, and then he come back with his you know UFC resume. Yeah. Oh yeah. Know. Yeah. Who knows. Yeah. Matt Riddle isn't making that jump. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, he could come to UFC. I don't think so. <laughs> it's like they made the deal when Matt Riddle is gone. It's like, I wonder if Dana had anything to say about that.
0: Yeah. 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 Th- th- those two don't necessarily see eye to eye.
1: No, not at all. No. Not at all. I don't
0: know. Well, I'm, I'm interested. Is Dana at PBR on Saturday with his bull? Or is he actually in Abu Dhabi? That would be interesting.
1: Oh, he's got to be in Abu Dhabi. Right? I mean, I don't know. I It's a I big know. fight night, a big pay-per-view. Big pay-per-view. Everyone's got to go out.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, look, you know what? I'm kind of enjoying the fact that this one's an afternoon one.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm excited. Because I, I
0: mean, look, I, I can go out, watch that one, get home, F, watch the FSU game at 7.30. And then I, I got a game the next the next day at 1 o'clock where I, got, I get the stay about 8.30 in the morning. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm liking the fact that this is an afternoon pay-per-view. You
1: got to get a proper night's sleep before you get to work. I love it.
0: And then think about this. We're a week out from Ngannou Fury. Boy, there is no talk about that one.
1: No, no. But we'll talk about it, and we'll see what happens whenever it does happen. But I've actually – I, I would tell you, I've had a lot of people ask me about that fight. Yeah? I'm, I'm – I don't know if it's that
0: If it's that intrigue of Couldn't pull this thing off I don't see how it happens unless he just You know I mean I think he's got a puncher's chance Um But yeah I, I was thinking about that yesterday I was like man we're a week out from that fight And it just seems to be We're hearing nothing about it
1: Yeah I just think it's cause Like from a combat sports perspective We are in a week to week culture
0: okay. It's all no, 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 about there's a lot of speculation on what the Danis, Paul, Perry, truly did. I don't believe the numbers that are out there. That, to me, is, just seems way too in crazy. Could that get more pay-per-view buys than Incanu, Fury?
1: Yeah, 100%, yeah. I yeah. saw a lot I saw a lot on social media for Paul. They marketed the hell out of that fight. Meanwhile, Tyson Fury already has his next fight booked. Incanu doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. But I mean, those I, I I don't think it would be outrageous if Dennis and Paul did did more, because they marketed that fight well, and 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 more people care about Logan Dude. Paul than Francis Ngannou or Tyson Fury.
0: It, it, say what you want about Dylan Dennis, he did everything he could to promote that fight.
1: He now, did he show up on fight.
0: fight Night? That's that's debatable.
1: Yeah, yeah. He he promoted that fight like his life savings depended on it.
0: Bro, I mean, look. People can love and hate the Pauls. Logan Logan Paul is talented. Mm -hmm. I mean, you. I mean, and look, I don't watch trust wrestling a ton. I watch it here and there. Like you watch that kid perform; he's athletic as can be.
1: Yeah, like
0: that's that's one of those guys. Like you think about like if he put everything into boxing or put everything into MMA or put everything into pro wrestling, I mean, look how good he is in pro wrestling right now. Yeah. What, what if he did that seven day? you know, that was his main job. That's all he did. How good could he be?
1: No doubt about it. Or in mixed martial arts or in boxing. He clearly has a, a raw talent level that is just at a very, very high level. Great athlete. And it shows. Yeah. And he, boxes well he's no world champion boxer no, but he no. boxes pretty damn well he boxes pretty damn well for a but guy yeah. who has his time split between all these different things it's crazy
0: yeah it's nuts it's nuts but uh, that's going to do it for the podcast of course uh, I will have a podcast coming up uh, on Monday uh, get to know podcast uh, I'm lining that interview up right now so be on lookout for that of course as always we appreciate everyone tuning in for this episode of the podcast and myself and Daniel will be back next week talk about everything going on in the world of mixed martial arts